You're listening to the Junto Podcast, a podcast about leadership, faith, community, and pretty much anything else that you want to talk about. Visit us at www.juntopodcast.com. That's J-U-N-T-O podcast.com. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Junto Podcast. Today, we are actually going to be talking about suicide going to talk about ways to uh, recognize that there's an issue, uh, resources that you can give people, advice, love, relationships, time, all that's important. We're going to talk about that today. Super excited. Uh, I've got my main man here, Mr. Jeremy Soto, Mr. Junto Podcast himself. (laughs) That's it. How are you doing today? All is well, all is well. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of one of those things where uh, it's a heavy topic, but but yeah. nonetheless one that needs to be discussed. And not not only uh, will we t- be talking a little bit about suicide, but also addiction and and mm-hmm. maybe even some recovery. Lot lots yeah. uh, of depression, depression, all of those things because mm-hmm. we feel like it's kind of all tied in together in terms of just how we are as people. There seems to be. Uh, at the root in many cases of this, maybe it's trauma, mm-hmm. maybe it's mental illness, and we think it's just all kind of related. And, you know, if you've ever listened to anything, we always bring bring any conversation we have, we bring it back to faith. We do a lot of mental health discussions here. And the reason we do that is because it's so, so needed. You know, I had a yeah. c- conversation last week, and you, you have real people... Uh, in real areas of leadership that are really hurting, you know, yeah. and that's why conversations like these are so important because it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you're doing, mental illness, depression, shame, suicide, all of those things can be uh, can be factors just in the human experience. So these conversations and conversations like these are so, so important. And with that, let's dive right into today's topic of conversation. Hit us right. hit us with your thoughts. I know we've been doing yeah. a little bit of study and a little bit of research. Yeah, we've, we've learned some stuff. I'm excited to uh, bring this today because, you know, mental, we all have minds. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're all affected by mental, uh, well, mental health issues. Uh, however you want to sum that, that's a, I know it's broad, but... Right. Uh, I think it it touches everyone at some point in their lives. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's important to have the conversations and open open up the dialogue so that we can all learn and grow and lean on each other because you know hey that's why we're here for that's each it. other. So uh, some statistics. You know we like to start off with statistics. Uh, stats are important. Yes. Yeah, so at risk populations: mm. adults over the age of forty five, middle aged people, especially men have the highest rate of suicide compared to other groups. Wow. 80% of all deaths by suicide in the U.S. are among men and women aged 45 to 54. Men ages 85 and older have the highest rate of any group in the country. I was very surprised by that statistic. Wow, goodness gracious. Uh, Many factors contribute to the risk, include isolation, Mm -hmm. history of violence, and access to, you know, the means to do so. Yeah. Uh, just recently, I actually had a classmate my age um, who committed suicide and was talking with another classmate and just how you want to be shocked, but they're really, it's it's common, not common, but more commonplace than 
I would like it to be, that yeah. everyone would like it to be. And so it's really, um, I don't know, it's sad, very sad. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's one of those things where it, it, everybody at some point, and, and maybe not everyone, but it feels like, man, at, at some point we're going to encounter this, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's not mm-hmm. suicide, we, we will encounter the symptoms of what it is to, right. to struggle with some mm-hmm. mental health issues, mm-hmm. whether that's depression, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. I'll be the first to tell you, um, I've been delivered uh, to, to some degree from that, yeah. but there have been very dark seasons in my own life where mm-hmm. I've experienced depression and had bouts with anxiety. I pray that's over, but the, the crazy thing about it is that we never really know as humans and, and right. part of the human experience. And I think it's important that we not only have the conversations, but that we can arm ourselves with mm-hmm. some knowledge that will not only benefit us, but that can help benefit those around us. Yeah. Man, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about our own kids. Mm, yeah, you could is. have a, a child that is yours living in the mm-hmm. same house mm-hmm. that is having suicidal thoughts, and you might right. not ever even know it. Right. Your classmate that you went to school. Would never have guessed and isn't, it. Isn't that the thing that everybody mm-hmm. says? Mm-hmm. Oh, I never. they yeah. look so happy. Right. I never would have. Right. That's just it, guys. Mm-hmm. You absolutely, in some cases, you might know, you might see the outward depression and mm-hmm. the outward signs, but in many, many cases, yeah, you you just don't know. You well, just especially, know. you know, you're talking about teenagers, and we yeah. all... There's the teen angst, you know, there's part of it that it's just natural. Teenagers have hormones, they're out of whack, they're going crazy. So they're going to have mood changes and um, different, you know, lifestyle changes and go through all sorts of uh, seasons and phases. But then we need to also remember that there are those times when it's not just a typical teenage phase that there really is something going on yeah depression um and i've got some stats here about teenagers yeah um man these the kids are hit with some big stuff and i know we talk about social media and the phones but really um there was depression before all the electronic Mm -hmm. type technological advances but i feel like it has just the uh what do you say just the um the heightened life. Yes, the speed at which it has increased yeah, yeah. ever since the cell phones and the computers and right. internet and being having access to everything and everybody all the time. Um, I was going to go ahead and go into some stats about teenage depression. Yeah, I'd love that. ready for that. Tell, tell, them, tell them where these stats came from because I think it's yes. important too. So, so um, Jeremy, you know, everyone knows he's got some, he's licensing or uh, certificates in counseling. Biblical Christian, counseling, yes, Christian counseling. Biblical counseling. Right. And we actually get these Christian Counseling Today magazines. I don't know if it's, is it monthly or? Quarterly. Quarterly. Yeah. And... They have it's amazing resource for anyone. Huge, huge. Um, not just for yourself, definitely for ourselves, but also for resources in helping others and mm-hmm. counseling. And you don't have to be a licensed psychologist or counselor to help someone That's and give right. true advice, especially biblical, founded in God on you know firm foundation. Man, you hit stuff. the nail on the head. Yeah, that's so, exactly right. 
Um, depression is an increasing problem among American teenagers. Although this was the case prior to COVID, uh, researchers uh, conducted a national survey on drug use and health in 2017 that showed 13% of American teenagers aged 12 to 17, that's 3.2 million, by wow. the way, yeah. express they have experienced at least one major depressive episode in the past year. Goodness. That number was 8% in 2007. Data now it says that the rate has increased to sixteen point three nine percent, more than doubled Goodness. in the past year. So that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, those numbers. You know, yeah, it, it's crazy to see. Uh, and I'm thinking about you know, I'm so blessed to to be in ministry at the church, and I also uh, am blessed to be around students and stuff at the college, which mm-hmm. in my view is also ministry. But it's crazy because in all of these avenues, um, there is a common thing with this pandemic. We talk about it from a higher education standpoint. Mm -hmm. We talk about it from a ministry and Christian standpoint. And it's the same in that it, it, it talks, when we're talking about that, it's typically in the framework of depression, mental illness, mm-hmm. being disconnected from mm-hmm. students, from a higher education, um, being disconnected rather from the world. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about it in a higher education standpoint, it's like, okay, well, students were able to work from home and now mm-hmm. it's like uh, they're disconnected and they don't know how right. to learn. And then it always comes back to the thing about mental health. And it's crazy to see how after the pandemic or during and after, how much that has changed when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, depression in our teens. And it's not just the teens, but I know that particular Adults article well, yeah. is referencing teens, but man, mm-hmm. it is crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's why, guys, it's critical to have these conversations. It's critical to arm ourselves with knowledge. It's critical for us as believers to stay prayed up, man. It's critical for mm-hmm. us to stay in the Word. And and I'm preaching to myself here as yeah. well. It's critical about the things I that we're to. putting into our minds and the things that we're letting lead us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell I'm getting a little bit amped up, but this, yeah. is, a, this is very important. Um, man, someone's life literally could be at stake. Mm-hmm. Right. This is that important. Like yeah. it's that deep. Yes. Yes, definitely. You know, when you're talking, it just came to mind. And like we talk about COVID, say, okay, ever since COVID, this, this, and that, this yeah. has changed, yeah. whatever. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't think this is the only thing, but in my mind, what resonates is isolation. Yes. Because during that time, we were all, we were in our homes. We may have been with our families, you know, and close friends, but for that time period, we were isolated. And we're not meant to be no. isolated. And I know that some people struggle with that anyway. naturally anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I think now it's just we're realizing the effects of isolation. We're seeing it now. Now right. it's coming to fruition. Yes. Like kids yeah. are, there's mm-hmm. harder for them to acclimate. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just crazy. And, you know, we're, we're tying addiction into this whole thing because I feel like a lot of the isolation, you know, it's kind of a step-by-step. And I'll say this, let's be it. We know drugs and things have been around forever, um, but be honest about it. I want you, if you're older, if you're, let's say, 40 above, maybe 35 and above, I really want you to think about your childhood. And I can say for me personally, man, kids weren't anxious. Kids weren't depressed. Yeah, we had our spouts of being sad and our issues, but I'm talking about 
just being depressed and overall, anxious. Yeah. When you think of like overall. And overall. then when you think of kids overall right now. Right, right. They're depressed. They're anxious, you know. That teen angst has always kind of been there, but I don't right. know. It just it just feels different. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe we were clueless and we were just kids. We didn't realize. Did it exist amongst uh, a population yes. of young kids? Of course right. it did. But what I'm saying is it feels like that this thing has now really evolved. Mm-hmm. And now it's like more and more young people are are dealing with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and having thoughts of suicide. So very, very important yeah. conversation. Uh, and really, that's what this whole thing is about. So yeah, you got some other interesting stuff there? Yeah. Um, even more concerning than the number of youth struggling with depression is the figure of 60% of teenagers who receive no mental health treatment for wow. depression, no counseling, no medication. Yeah. They're just out there on their own struggling. Gosh. And like, why? Yeah. So asking themselves, why Why do I feel like this? Why do I feel this way? Right. What's wrong with me? Mm. When if someone had taken the time, realized, okay, there's an issue. Let's speak to it. Open up the dialogue. Just simply right. saying, you know, and I've even had, I've been, there have been moments where with my teenagers, you know, going through stuff and saying, well, I don't want to ask if something's wrong because then I, I don't want them to think that there's something wrong with them. So not even opening up that conversation. It's like you plant the seed in their head. Right. And, and or you're saying, like, what, what yes, do I do? like I don't want to plant a seed, so I'm just not going to, just not going to go there. No, we have to go there. I think we, we have, have to, to you know, we have to open up the conversation because a lot of times teenagers want to. They may not even know that they want to, but in the moment when they're asked, how are you? What's going on? I've noticed this. This is different in you. Just having someone, especially an adult in their life saying, hey, I've taken notice of you and I want to make sure you're okay. And then they start to open up and then they realize, hey, yes, there is something going on. Exactly. I do want to talk about it. Right, right. And and it's it's a hard thing, um, but... I, I don't see this as a problem that's going to go away. You know, yeah. uh, the technology, it's weird because it's, it's like an oxymoron. And I don't know if that's the proper way to say it. But in one sense, we've never been more connected. You know, technology mm-hmm. connects you instantly to, to everyone, everywhere at all artificial times. almost Artificial. Connection. But then we've also never been more isolated. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, this problem of... Depression, uh, mental health, I don't think it's going away. I don't think it's getting any better. Mm -mm. And that's why, again, I know I keep saying this, but this is why we we put a lot of emphasis on this type of dialogue. And we want to hopefully give some encouragement because it's not all doom and gloom. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I, I had a little video and I wanted to play an excerpt of this. Now, this particular video is from, uh, Impact Video Ministries. And essentially, the the title of this, you can YouTube it. I'll put the link in. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's nine minutes long. But I want to play about two minutes of it. And essentially what this is, it says how Christians should... should fight thoughts of suicide. Okay, it's real insightful. Again, I'm only going to play a couple of minutes of it, but let's take a listen and see what this particular video has to say because I thought it was pretty insightful. There's that COVID again, you know, after COVID 19. It took me about a year to fully recover. In my journey, I've learned how to combat these. 
I'm able to push them away with greater ease. So in this video, I thought that I'd share the four steps that saved my life. Step number one, the most important step. Rebuke suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. In this passage, Amen. Jesus explains how his people are likened to sheep and how Jesus is the good shepherd that protects, leads, and provides for them. He then explains how there are robbers, thieves, and wolves whose purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy the sheep. And what you need to understand is that every temptation where you desire to take your own life comes from demons. Mm. You see, as people, yeah. we're biological beings Steve. with an innate desire to preserve our life. Our body wants to eat and sleep because it wants to survive. And a lot of what we do as people is because of our body's will to live. So please understand that when you have a thought to actually take your own life, the thought isn't a natural one. It's not natural. Supernatural. Because supernatural. your physical body actually wants to live. To continue, people aren't just biological beings. They're also spiritual beings with souls inside of them. And this is what demons target. Their aim is to steal, kill, mm -hmm. and destroy. And if they succeed in getting you to take your life, they will succeed in stealing you away from your friends and your family that love you. And the destruction yeah. of suicide doesn't end with a single life that's killed. It also destroys the hearts, minds, and lives. Hearts, minds. Mind. Yeah. So when a suicidal thought enters your mind, know that it's the enemy that is trying to kill you. And that enemy is too big for you to take on by yourself. You see, demons are immensely more powerful than we are, so we can't underestimate them. Because if we give in to the temptation of murdering ourselves, and we succeed, we don't get another chance. So, immediately pray, God, save me. God, you save me. me alive. I rebuke this demonic thought in the name of Jesus. In the past, I've also modified the prayer to God save me, God save me. And I would repeat this prayer until the temptation subsides. Also, be able to pray this prayer immediately because sometimes when you're tempted, you start losing yourself. Your mind can be overwhelmed and mm -hmm. you can start crying and then you start hyper-focusing on the thought of suicide. So please, learn to pray immediately because in order to have success winning in this battle for your life, you need the God of life who protects life in your corner. Step number two, expose the darkness. Ephesians chapter five, verses eight to 11. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Mm -hmm. Paul in this passage explains the unique characteristics of light and darkness. Now, this isn't literal light or literal darkness, but metaphoric. So when he says for Christians to live as people of light, he means for them to produce what is good, right, and true. And another key characteristic of light is that it exposes darkness. Exposes darkness. Thought. No one understands that this is a dark thought that needs to be brought to light and be exposed. And the way you do this 
is by telling trusted individuals of your suicidal thoughts. Trusted individuals. A psychiatrist or a therapist, maybe a pastor or teacher, family members, someone else that you trust. In addition to that, I would encourage you to find a local church or contact a counselor in your region who specializes in what you're going through. If right now you're struggling with suicidal thoughts and there currently isn't anyone in your life that can help you, your life is in danger and you need to expose this darkness immediately. Another key to this step is to keep exposing this darkness until you get the help that you need and you begin Expose to steps of recovery. Not all of you watching this will need a therapist, but some of you might. And not all of you may need to be medicated. But there are some occasions it's important. where medication will be beneficial, especially if your depression actually causes physical changes to your brain. And since we're talking about medication, I don't think they're for everyone. But for individuals whose unique circumstances call for it, I would advise that you seek professional counsel, get second and third opinions, and know the side effects of whatever substance you're putting into your body. I personally know Christians who are completely against drug use and will not take them. And I know others who have spent a lot of time in prayer choosing the right medication mm. in the correct dosage. So should the time come when you're tempted to take your life, First, you pray and ask God for help. And then you expose the darkness by surrounding yourself with people who know your struggles. For you, this may mean confessing this struggle to multiple people. But I love that. We'll stop it right there. I'll, I'll put the link on there and you can uh, pick stuff. that up. But I really like that. A couple of quick things just from the video. And then I know you probably have some stats and stuff too. And then I want to talk a little bit about just uh, recovery and things like that. But from the video... Uh, first and foremost, the most important thing, rebuke that thought. Rebuke you it. know, it's crazy how I, it's like we've gotten away from the authority and power of the Word of God. Yeah. You know, we don't rebuke things anymore, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I know a, a, some maybe some people do, but I think we have to stand on the authoritative Word of God and we have to rebuke those thoughts Come on, yeah. I rebuke that thought. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Right. Get this thought, recognizing that it's a dark thought, and then being able to rebuke that. And you know, we have, we know when Jesus was tempted for 40 days, come on, mm -hmm. that's that's exactly uh, what he yeah, did. He used uh, get behind to me, rebuke Rebuke the devil. That's exactly You know, right. once we take on the name of Christ, we take on the name of Jesus, say that we're followers, we believe in Jesus, we believe Jesus, he's our Savior. We have the authority to rebuke those Come things on. and to speak it. That's it. Um, there's power in that. And like you said, I, I do. I think that we've gotten away from that mm -hmm. or, or, and don't even realize, I think. Right. You know, a lot of us don't even realize that we have that authority exactly. and power and that it works. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Another another point um, is just the, the fact of accountability. This goes yeah. back to the isolation thing. Mm -hmm. If you're isolated and you have no one, yeah. come on, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. If you don't have uh, a trusted group, you know, mom or dad or your mm -hmm. friend or an aunt, an uncle, a pastor, a teacher, somebody whom you can take this to. It doesn't mean they're right. going to have the answer, but you know what? Sometimes a listening ear in that moment 
will be just what you need to get you through mm-hmm. that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So it's super, super, super important that you have those trusted individuals, um, as was mentioned in the video. And then this is this is a big one. If there, in my view, if there is anything controversial in the church when it comes to mental health, I, it's this aspect of medication. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it is absolutely unreal. And he even mentioned it in the video. You know, the, the, some Christians don't believe in it, and it's just by faith you're going to get healed. And I think I think where we I think what trips us up when it comes to that, we feel like, man, you know, am I not relying on God? Mm-hmm. That we should have enough faith to right. be able to be cured. And and the thing is, if you've done any type of if you've had biology in tenth grade or done any type of study on the human body. Psychology, yeah. We have natural chemicals and things in our bodies and in our brains. That's and, right. You know, sometimes these chemicals get out of whack. They're way out of whack. They're 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 not functioning and working the way that they're supposed to. So these other uh, you know, medicine, everything God put everything here on this mm-hmm. earth for our use. No, you're not supposed to remain on these things for it's inevitable, you know, forever and ever. But I believe that there are times when our bodies do need uh, certain medications to help get these, the balance, bring the balance back. Yeah. You know, I really do. Well, and you know, it, we, it's affected us personally. Not only, not only have I walked through seasons like that, but others in my family Mm -hmm. and, uh, Man, by the grace of God, God, God used those medications mm-hmm. to bring them back yeah. to to who they are. Right. You know what I mean? And right. um, and we've seen it firsthand too. Uh, people who we love very much who who take the first view and who don't really want to rely on the medications. And it's almost like, well, are you doing more harm than good by not? And it just opens up mm-hmm. this whole thing. So yeah, we know that in the end that God can use. God can use those those medications as a tool mm-hmm. uh, to get healing, and uh, most of the time, as you said, it, it is just for a season. And even yeah. if it has to be for an extended or a long term, uh, God will use that nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, so, just yeah. another tool for. Well, like the video said, not everyone has to. Not everyone is in the situation where that right. is what's needed. Yeah. So, you know, seek counsel, seek uh, a doctor. You know, get advice, get some testing, get a good path, you know. Yeah, that's get it, exactly Get it figured right. out. So, For sure. Um, in the U.S., suicide is the third leasing, leasing, leading cause of death among those age 15 to 24. Mm. Second leading cause worldwide. Wow. So one of the biggest challenges with depression and this for parents, teachers, uh, is recognizing that there's a that there's, there's a disorder. So I wanted to talk about some of the things to be aware of and to watch. That would for, be excellent. if that's okay. Hundred yes, percent. Um, so I know we talked about the typical teenage angst and all that, mm-hmm. but not only with teenagers, but also you know adults mm-hmm. um, looking for changes in your eating, sleeping patterns, overreactions to criticism from others, restlessness, wow. agitation. Yeah. Problems with authority, and actually had uh, another resource here. Um, the SAMHSA, it's the Suicide uh, Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration. Awesome. Um, 
warning signs talking about or making plans for suicide, of mm. course, you know, that's right. acting anxious, behaving recklessly, talking about being a burden to others. Yeah. Wow. Talking about feeling trapped or in unbearable pain. Goodness. Of course, increasing the use of alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. Talking about feeling hopeless or yeah. having no reason to live. Right. Sleeping too little, sleeping too much, withdrawing, feeling isolated. Yeah. Showing rage about talking uh, about seeking revenge. Extreme moods, mood swings, all of those things um, are are signs. Wow. So, yeah. you know, it, it also boils down to, um, I think I, I read in here about relationships and spending time. Like it mm-hmm. takes spending time with someone to be able to recognize the differences in right. behavior and mood. Um, having those honest conversations and... The other that person who is struggling, feeling that they can trust you to where they will listen and open up. Yeah, exactly. To where they'll actually start bearing their their heart mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, deep deep topics, uh, kind of a heavy thing, but also one that is necessary. And you know, it <laughs> the thing about it is, it's not like you have to search far for families that are being affected no. by this. Right. It's everyone. I mean, even the best families you know who mm-hmm. look like they got all their ducks in yep. a row, kids are excelling at a high level, mom and dad got great jobs. Don't think for one second that depression, mental illness doesn't reside in those places. And that's that's the thing is yeah. that this is something uh, that affects all walks of life. And, and the more information we have... Uh, obviously, for us, we we uh, are always going to approach that from a, a biblical perspective. But the more information that we have, the more we can arm ourselves and the more we can be an asset to those who are hurting around us. Uh, so very, very good stuff. You know, you mentioned quite a bit uh, in what you read, there was uh, the aspect of addiction and things mm-hmm. of that nature in there, because we see that it's related Um you know, a lot of times people that are dealing with deep depression, they do turn to things, mm-hmm. alcohol, drugs, sex, um, gambling, you know, things that aren't tangible, but maybe it's mm-hmm. behaviors and things that they're doing. Give that them some instant gratification, some sense of right, maybe joy, false joy. It's a compulsion yeah. almost, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. uh, a compulsive behavior. And uh September is not only National Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month, but it's also National Recovery Month, I believe. So first and foremost, uh, if you're in recovery, keep going. You're doing a fantastic job. You've made it this far. Don't give up. Keep going. If you're on the verge and you feel like you need recovery, please take that step. Take that step. Uh, take that step, get connected to to people uh, and a center who are going to help you uh, get connected and, and give you some practical things to get through that. And then for those who are uh, months and years past your addictive patterns of behavior, congratulations. What, what a man, what a mentor and example you can be for those who are who are walking through this. You know, when we think about addiction, we might think about somebody who's on the streets and but but again dude addiction just like suicide touches depression everyone. anxiety it absolutely mm-hmm. touches everyone what are your thoughts on that and then tie that into kind of the recovery aspect and the things that that you've read there um yeah i think that 
one of the biggest things that it kind of catches all of this and is a resource for all of this is finding someone, finding a group, finding a person, finding wow. yeah. a mentor, find someone. Um, if you don't have family members, that's okay. Find a church, find a pastor. Yeah. Um, if you're in school, find a teacher, an administrator, maybe at your job. Um, I don't know. You may find a coworker, someone that you uh, you can go to and and seek help. Uh, because we're not meant to do this on our own. We're not strong enough to do this on our own. And so. And we weren't designed to do we this on our own. We were not designed to do this yeah. on our own. So God puts people in, in our lives for situations and for seasons. And I think we need to um, be aware of that on the flip side, not only of people that we need, but as being that person for someone that someone needs. And it does take time and it does take attention. So. You know, we're going to have to not be selfish and Yeah. I'm I'm number one terrible at being busy and rushing and Goodness, missing opportunities. Maybe someone who needs to open up and then me not being uh, able to see that in that moment and rushing it away and I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that I can be aware to help someone. I mean, yeah. I don't have all the answers, but at least like you said earlier, being a listening ear, sometimes that's all someone needs. Man, that's it. To Just get to get started on that path, you know. To feel like I actually have someone who will listen to me right. and they care. Right. And this is also from Christian counseling today. It's the issue before the one you have, but mm-hmm. uh this is this whole uh issue is dedicated to addiction and recovery. One of the things I thought was uh gosh that stood out to me in the in the opening article was talking about shame. And gosh, shame is such a heavy thing. You know, it's uh, shame is something we carry. It could be something that leads to an addictive pattern of behavior. Mm-hmm. Maybe something we we did something in our past and we have shame about it. Maybe something out of our control, something that was done to us that we didn't even have control over and we feel shame about it for whatever reason. That could lead to an addictive pattern of behavior. And then there's the thought of having shame about what the thing that you're addicted to, the thing that you're struggling with. So shame is yeah. something, man, it is it is huge. And in this particular opening article, uh, again, this is from Christian Counseling Today, volume 26, number three, and it is addiction and recovery. And just a little excerpt here, it says, shame is a barrier to sobriety. Uh, this is from an article, I believe the author was Sawyer. But shame is a barrier to sobriety. Help-seeking is obstructed by shame and addiction's secrecy, self-sufficiency, and deception. Mm. It's saying there is a deception. You know, the thing about uh, addiction, come on, let's be honest. It's not something we want to tout out there. It is generally something secret. Well, that goes back to that bringing, exposing it. Yeah. Bringing it out of the darkness into the light. Yeah. And then it goes on to say, when addictive clients uh, present for counseling, they carry their toxic shame into treatment and recovery. Without the uh, anesthetizing activity, and I know I probably said that that wrong, uh, the emotions can flood addicts when facing the enormity of their unmanageability. Anxiety, here we go, this is important, Mm -hmm. ties into everything. Anxiety, regret, grief, 
sadness, and self-contempt can be intense. Shame and the tsunami of tormenting emotions may be the catalyst for self-sabotage. Thoughts such as, I don't deserve a better life, I'm a horrible person, or why even try? All of these uh, can impair recovery and foster relapse. Uh, So it's all kind of tied into this, uh, you know, the mental illness, uh, the the depression and anxiety. And then you take that even to uh, a point of being uh, an addict or being, uh, man, it's just it's just a lot to deal with. Yeah, it seems like it's a cycle. You know, you get it's terrible. You get stuck. Uh, You get stuck. I was reading this article here about this young girl. Her name was Emma. Um, and she said that having someone to talk about that type of thing mm-hmm. would have made all the difference. I didn't want to die. I just wanted to get rid of the pain that I was stuck in. And I yes. feel like a lot of people get stuck in those those moments, like they're That's not going to ask for help because they're ashamed. And so they're just, it's just a never ending, like, okay, well, I'm going to mm-hmm. continue to use, abuse and use because I can't get freedom from it. And I'm not, I can't talk to anybody about it because... How can I let someone know that I'm struggling yeah. with this and addicted to this? It's just a never-ending cycle. So you yeah. got to break that cycle. You got to, you got to bring it out. You got to talk to somebody. You know, and man, you know, it, there's so much, and I know we could go on for so long with this, but it it really just brings it back to me. Just being in ministry, um, there is such a misconception of the church. People really believe, you know, hey, I go to church on Sundays to hear the word. But when when you relate it to all the problems people are having, man, there is such a greater need for the church. If people only realize that there are connections that can be made inside the church, people that are isolated and they don't, uh, they don't get out or they don't have those relationships. The church could be that place, that hub mm-hmm. where they get connected to, to a relationship that could really be life-changing mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. Folks who are struggling with the same thing or have yes. struggled and come out of it or maybe going into it. Yeah. And it's even outside of what you get from from this, a spiritual aspect because mm-hmm. it, God uses all of those things, right? God uses... Uh, people and relationships here on the earth to bring about his will and his word, right? I mean, uh, we're not going to get too theological. Yes, God is omni, all those things, everywhere at all times, all-knowing, all-sufficient. All, but but God, even in that, uses people um, to do his work and his will. And we, we are those people. The Bible says that we're the salt and light of the earth, that we're the hands and the feet, Right. Uh, in other words, we're the ones who uh, can be that word, to be that encourager, mm-hmm. to be the one to uplift someone's countenance who is low. That is you and me. Come on, fellow believer. That is you and me. And sometimes we have to do it even to ourselves. Yeah. What did it say in that video? Come on, you have to fight that. You yeah. rebuke it. You speak life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all of these things to me are are definitely tied in. Um, it's all kind of one one thing to me. So. It's so funny that you say this. We're you know we're talking about speak those things. Uh, I was talking to one of our younger daughters years ago. We had this 
campaign, me and you, called Spit. <laughs> yeah, Spit. we did. Speak positive inner thoughts. We've always done crazy stuff. You know, and we had the T-shirts made. Spit, uh, we weren't even in the youth ministry at that time. Oh, no. This was yeah. way before that. We but, were newly married. I mean, yeah. But we just realized the importance of speaking positively within ourselves and rebuking and those things. I think we need to bring that back. We probably do. And now know. that the podcast is semi-established, right? We'll just spit on it. Yeah, just speak just positive spit. inner thoughts. You just tell, yeah. and I told, I was told, I said, you just spit. You got to spit. Speak yeah. positive inner thoughts. And we have to. Oh my gosh, we have to to fuel our ourselves. And it, and it doesn't come from ourselves. It comes from you know the authority that we're given as believers and uh, it being in Christ. Speak positive. You know. Yeah. There's power in that. There is power in your words. There's power in the way that your mind thinks and the things yes. that you say to yourself within yourself, which is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, but it is it is a powerful thing. So if y'all see some spitware coming out soon, that's what <laughs> that's spit us. stands that's for. It. It's just a reminder to speak positive inner thoughts. And and in closing, um, I love this, gosh. There's so much, so much good stuff in here, guys. It's unbelievable. But in going back to, I mean, all of this, it says for most addictive clients, to be known and valued is a new experience. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Gosh. To be known and valued. Known and valued. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. think people are encouraged all the time. And then I love this. This is very important because this talks about how we feel like God sees us, right? We know we're going back to that shame, going back to all the things that we're carrying. It says addicts and put yourself in that. Yes, us, okay. All of us. Addicts must uh, reconceptualize God as the one who abounds in mercy, grace, and love rather than a punitive God who is disgusted with them mm. and their actions. And mm-hmm. This is huge. You remember that these magazines deal specifically with mm-hmm. uh, arming counselors, Bible counselors. Yeah. Um, and don't think just because it's Bible. Man, this stuff is rooted in medicine, psychology. There, there's so much good stuff. But these these magazines are meant to equip us as believers, not only to reemphasize the power of the Word, but also mm-hmm. to arm us with tools in how to not only make sure that ourselves are in right alignment, but then when that time comes for us uh, to speak into the lives of others, that we have some knowledge and tools in how to do that. And one of the best ways when it comes to people who are in addiction is to help them understand that God loves them, Mm -hmm. that God is not disgusted with them, that they are a child of God, and that they're valued and loved, and that they have a purpose on the earth. So yeah, while we were still sinners, oh my gosh, that's Christ the verse died for us. <laughs> that's the verse you know? I was going to read, Romans five eight. Mm-hmm. But God demonstrates His own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, and what a promise! Right. And uh, gosh, what peace that gives to know that yeah. we didn't deserve it. None of us do. Still don't. Never. Still will. don't. Never will. Never will. But we have that promise yeah, and that love did. in Christ. So yeah, that's a relief. That's good stuff. Any closing Thank thought? No, I think this is good. I think that we need to make it a norm, norm. to talk about this stuff. Yeah. I think every household needs to make it a normal thing to talk about 
each household member's mental health. How are you yeah. doing tonight? How was school today? Right. How are you feeling? You know, that like uh, we talked about validating the feelings, feeling that they're heard. Um, mm. Especially, I think it's hard for teenagers. I know I keep going back to that, but I think it's sometimes even I feel like our teenagers probably feel like they're not heard. Um, or that their feelings are validated because I'm I'm one of those that would say you do this because I said so. Right, it's easier. When it is, and I'm like I'm your mom, just so right. don't ask me questions, just do it. When yeah. I need to reel back, yes, I'm the mother, yes, I have the authority, but I also need to. Okay, I love you, and you are your own person. How do you feel? Let me yeah. help you. Like I love you. Your feelings are real. That's it. You know, I got to work on that. That's right. We all do. Well, I hope you were encouraged by that. Again, uh, we know that there's uh, everybody can relate to some degree in this. So, hey, if you're struggling today, remember some of the things we talked about. Remember you're loved, uh, that God loves you. Absolutely. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And the beautiful thing is you're not alone, right? So definitely keep on going. Stay encouraged. And we'll see you next time on the Juto Podcast. Be blessed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, our matching shirts, by the way. Y'all like those? All right. Get it at the merch tab (laughs) on the website. Get some merch. See y'all. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to the Junto Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. You can find our link to YouTube and social media at juntopodcast.com. Remember to subscribe, like, and follow. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.